Let's get to why everybody's listening because sports. So you know, uh, yep, but what? Why not? Because sports. Because sports. Uh, so I was gonna mention. I was gonna talk about um, the. Did you hear about the story? The GM for the 49ers, his daughter, sent out a tweet, and I'll read you the exact tweet here uh, for those of you that are not up to date on this little tidbit. So this is the daughter of the GM for the San Francisco 49ers when they, got, when they got beat on Thanksgiving Day. She tweets out, Greg Roman can take a hike, dot, dot, dot. The 49ers don't want you no more. So this is the teenage daughter of the general manager of the 49ers. And in San Francisco, the GM does the hiring and the firing. So the GM could fire uh, one of Jim Harbaugh's coaches, uh, unlike some other franchises where the coach gets that decision. So as soon as it goes on, she realizes, oh shit, I just gave advice on what my daddy should do in his job. And I'm probably leading astray a lot of fans here. And then she deletes it. And then later that night, Nothing's she deactivates her entire account. Ooh. So, uh, one, did you hear about the story? I had not heard about the story. I hear all my news from you, so. Well, there we go. <laughs> and two, what I really am curious about is the conversation at the Thanksgiving dinner table when that went down. Because it's on Thanksgiving Day. <clears throat> her dad's team just got beat embarrassingly he's upset and then somebody comes by and is like uh hey uh, sir your daughter just uh have you checked twitter and then he had to go address that situation and then who i really feel bad for is the offensive coordinator there who you got you gotta know you gotta know you're getting fired from that job like it's you might as well just start looking for another job now yeah. Because when the daughter of the GM, and if the daughter's saying that, no matter what the GM says, you got to imagine that at some dinner table, at some con like conversation he's having in the privy of his own home, he said, I think I should fire this guy. And in a moment of anger, the daughter just tweets that. You just don't randomly tweet something like that. The, so th That's the first thing I thought of was not how he's going to handle his daughter's tweet. It's what other conversations have come up at, at the family table. He's definitely bashing this guy behind the scenes to his family is what I get out of that. That's exactly what I would get out of it. Uh, so good luck with that, San Francisco. Uh, and again, you've got a really horrible coaching situation going on there with, again, all the rumors that Jim Harbaugh, uh, right now they're talking about trading him. I don't know. If, have you heard this I rumor? To the 49, or to the, excuse me, to the Raiders, which had some implications this week as the 49ers are playing the Raiders. So again, okay. there's rumors that Harbaugh wants to go back to his alma mater, Michigan. Yeah, what's the story in that? They, so they, they fired, uh, uh, what's his name? Hopi. Hope, yeah, so have they, Hopi. Hopi. Have, have they announced a replacement for him yet? No, they haven't announced a replacement. They probably won't wait until, yeah, at, wait until the, bowl, the bowl games are over. And then I know NFL rules prohibit, I know they prohibit other teams from contacting a coach while they're still playing. And you need special, by they, I mean the team that's seeking a job. So, for example, let's say the Miami Dolphins uh, fire their coach. They're Don't do it. They're not, and, and yeah, the Dolphins do not fire uh, Joe Philman. Uh, he's doing a, a, a great job there. How about uh, some fire, though? We, we discussed this earlier. How about getting a little amped up from time to time? Show a little passion. Yeah. Come on, yep. Joe. Yeah, that would be good. Like, uh, 
we're switching topics here. I, I, we talk about the Dolphins a, a little bit later. Okay. We can, we can get back up. No, no, it's, it's, uh, it's okay. I forgot even what, Jim Harbaugh, we were on Jim Harbaugh, yeah, yeah. right? Um, oh, I was explaining the rules. If you're looking for a coach, you can't contact a team while you're still playing um, or they're still playing. You need to get special permission for that. Uh, what was it? Somebody recently got in trouble for, uh, they thought they breached. I'm not sure. Uh, moving on. So Do Oakland, they want to go to. They talked about Oakland. That'd be just strange going from being so close. That's like in your neighborhood still. Uh, but it is in your neighborhood. Different conference. Uh, it's a different conference, different league, so they won't interact. But it's just like a slap in your face, yeah. Kind of. So um, that I think that would be. And what? What? How would you feel as a 49ers fan? You're, do you know the stadium? And it's 50 miles outside of yeah, the city. To the, to the south. I've been that area before. And I don't know. I mean, that San Francisco is kind of, it's a, it's a big city, but it's kind of, you know, you're on a multiple peninsulas there. So I, that doesn't bother me that much because there's probably a lot of people in the San Jose area and the north of San Francisco. They, they still consider themselves, you know, in San Francisco. So the location of the new stadium doesn't bother me at all. It's the same with, uh, but uh, not as bad, The both the New York Jets and the New York Giants play in the Meadowlands, which is it's probably like 15 miles outside of New York, but because of traffic, it takes you like an hour it's to get New from, from New York proper to get to New Jersey. Yep. And they share a stadium, which is weird. It's as weird, uh, but it's also ridiculous on how uh, well they can change all those signs. And people don't realize that when you look around – uh, and you're watching a Jets game, you're like, oh, look at the Ring of Honor and all those Jets numbers. And then next week when the Giants are there, it's all Giant stuff. That's crazy. So it's a hardworking staff um, that they have there, and, and they do a really good job of bringing everything up and down. And it's Until you go there, I went to the Meadowlands to see Penn State play, you get a sense of just how much stuff they have to change from that Jet Green to that Giant Blue and all the signs they have to take down. Uh, so good for the Meadowlands for uh, providing jobs in northern New Jersey for a stupid reason, to change signs. I mean, it's got to be a, a, a ton of people they hire just to do that. So the next topic here, do you want to tackle Ray Rice, or should uh, we postpone that to another time? I don't know anything current on Ray Rice. He's reinstated. The reinstatement. Yeah, okay, so I do. I guess I know a little bit about that. He's reinstated and no team has picked him up. Wisely. You think that's wise? You think I it's... Don't think... Um, would you pick up... Well, Ray... Okay, I'll, I'll preface this. Ray Rice was not slated to have a great year. He had a difficult year last year. He's not a young man anymore. He's not. And running backs, uh, statistics show that after age 29, you'll never have a repeat season of those great seasons you had from 22 to 29 or 21 to 29. Look at Ronnie uh, Brown. Yep. Yeah. So here's my question to you. Would you pick up either Ray Rice or Adrian Peterson? If Adrian Peterson was in the same situation where they reinstated him, do you think a team would pick up AP? Yes. You, because he can play? Yes. So you think that the motto in the NFL of if you can play, they'll forgive things is, is true, that the NFL will forgive more because you can play than they than – the, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, I think there's, there's certain markets that will turn a blind eye or take the, uh, take the backlash um, – of getting the player and really you know everybody has a short attention span and i think for the most part we're on the downslope of the ray rice and the adrian peterson i mean it's been beat to death 
And um, I think there's definitely some teams out there that could use a solid running back. Even Ray Rice, you know, there's probably some teams that could use a player like him uh, as a third down back or something. Uh, but, yeah, I think there's a place for both of them. And I won't be surprised when Ray Rice gets picked up for a one-year contract, you know, next year. But I think at this point there's there's uh, no team that's going to put themselves on the line for Ray Rice. Uh, I think the teams are pretty much established enough. Um, and, and two, the, the how complicated the uh, the plays are. And, you know, sure, you can hand the guy a ball and tell him to run between those two tackles. But, uh, you know, it's I think it's too much effort to make that happen, personally. As a Dolphins fan, would you be okay with seeing Adrian Peterson stand behind Tannehill? All day long. I'll be fine with that. Okay. I I think Miami is also a market which might turn a blind eye to it. I don't think they have a strong enough fan base to build up enough backlash against it. That's an interesting point. And you said this earlier when we were watching the Dolphins that Miami is a town of transplants, that not enough people are born and raised in southern Florida. Uh, so if, when you watch Dolphins games, especially in the current state that they're playing, you see a lot of visiting jerseys, especially the New York teams, New York, New England, uh, Barry. Buffalo. Having gone to some Miami and Buffalo games, there are a ton of Buffalo fans. And uh, – they're pretty uh, pretty vicious, too, because I happened to see them beat up on Miami last time I was there. So that that's an interesting point, that there wouldn't be that, that um, uprising of diehard Dolphin fans. You did, or they wouldn't be loud enough to, to make a big hoopla if Adrian Peterson were to get picked up. I don't think they would get picked up because the Dolphins have just gotten over the bullying scandal with uh, Martin and, and Incognito. And Joe Philman, yeah, Joe Philman has done a lot. Uh, I was listening last week. They were talking about how he's made an effort to really get into the locker room more so than a lot of head coaches, and he actually walks around and talks to each one of the guys and uh, uh, is a presence in the locker room uh, more so than um, a lot of head coaches, or he had been. And I think a lot of that's just a mentality of NFL coaches to kind of take a back seat, and they're in their office already prepping for the next game and looking over film and the players are out there and, and they are two separate worlds and um, it was it was a, a big compliment on Joe Philman that he realized you know one of his strengths is people and he's very personable and he, he's you can see that compassion when he's speaking and he decided let me get out into this locker room and show these players that I care about them and I'm interested in their lives and you could definitely see I, I, I think it's clear that this year the Dolphin players they're playing for Joe Philman, and that became very clear um, when his father passed away earlier this season, and uh, the team really rallied around Joe. Um, I got to see a video the Dolphins released in the locker room after the game. Um, the owner came in, and Joe was like he was trying to present the game ball, and the owner took the ball and said, "This one's for you." And then all the players were like, you know, we, we played for you, Joe, and it was it was a very touching scene. Um, so I think he's gotten control of that locker room. And I don't know if he would want that distraction of an Adrian Peterson. Um, or maybe he would. Maybe he would uh, welcome you know, bringing in a guy who 
had some difficulties in trying to rehabilitate him and, and provide a home for him. I, I don't know. I also know that Adrian Peterson kind of hurt himself when, unlike Ray Rice, who always was saying the right things, whether it was because his lawyer was telling him or if he's actually apologetic and this was a one-time uh, moment that he that he hit his wife, now wife, then fiance. But when first prompted uh, by the media and questioning, Adrian Peterson said that what he did to his son was perfectly fine. He had no remorse over what he did, and that's just how, you know, where he's from in Texas, that's how they discipline children. And it took him a long, long time. Uh, even after he went to court, he said, you know, I, I don't agree with the, you know, the sentencing and my, my punishment. And I think it's okay. And it wasn't until Robert Goodell suspended him indefinitely, which I think finally some lawyer was probably getting was able to get into Adrian Peterson's ear and just say, like, you need to you need to say publicly something else. And he was able to apologize. So I also think that would influence um, yeah, decision for picking up Adrian Peterson. Any any thoughts you want to add anything to this or move on to last week and this week in the NFL? No, I guess I just asked the same question to you. I mean, do you think anybody in their right mind would pick up either player? I mean, I don't want to carry this conversation on too long, but, I mean, do you think anybody would be in, in week, what is this, 14? Uh, week 14 is over, so week 15, 16, and 17, do you think anybody would get any benefit from picking up either player? Or I guess you can only pick up Rice. But. Yeah, you can only pick up Rice right now, and I, I do not see Rice getting picked up this year. Uh, I think both players – will get invited to camps next year. Because there's, there's really no penalty for inviting people. On, like it's a 95-man roster you get at the beginning mm-hmm. of uh, training camp. Is that, that that sounds right. I mean, and do you honestly think, though, that either of those two guys would not make a 52-man roster? I think they would in a heartbeat. I don't think Ray Rice can anymore um, unless you're very desperate for – a running back. Something like Jacksonville. You don't think Jacksonville would pick up a Ray Rice? Does Jack, doesn't Jack? Jacksonville already have enough? Uh, like, a, like Toby Gebhardt? And I guess I don't, don't even know who else they have there. Maybe. That might be a good pickup for a team. That, I don't know. You're, you're taking a roster spot for someone who's essentially probably not going to be there the year after. Yeah. yeah that's, although I hear Ray Rice is in great NFL shape. Um, but, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't go after him if I was a GM. I, essentially, that's what I'm saying. I would not go after Ray Rice, um, and I don't think I would pick up Adrian Peterson either. I, I think that's fair. I, I, I also would say that I think there's a lot of uh, – you can. there's still a lot to learn from an experienced uh, veteran um, in a running back three role that can teach your draft pick how to run the ball effectively. You know, he doesn't need to be a teach him how to be a class act or anything, but he can teach him how to run the football. I do. I suspect if Ray Rice is going to uh, move on from this, that he would actually move on in a coaching, uh, like at a youth high school type level. That's my, scary. Um, well, my understanding is prior to this, Ray Rice actually had a phenomenal reputation uh, within the team, and he was very hands-on. Uh, he, going back to his high school, his, his jersey was retired there. Are we moving on? Is that what? No, it's a very hands-on. Yeah, that was. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Nope. Yeah, that poor choice of words on on, on my part. Um, he was very active and with the community and kids. It was one of the things that he did and and giving back. And I think that that goes a long way to being forgiven in the public eye. If you just you know give to the community and and work at it. Um, 
and that probably would be good for him to go back to wherever home is for Ray Rice. Is he a Southern Florida product? Did you go to UM? I, I want to say yes, but I'm, I'm asking. I don't know. I, I don't know either. I, you might be. Well, wherever home is for Ray Rice, it's probably good for him to go back and just try to try to help out. Uh, so did you watch last week Green Bay host the New England Patriots? Did you see that game on last Sunday? Of course I did because it was, implica- it was uh, an important game for Miami. So I was rooting for Green Bay the entire way. Which was kind of, it was a, a tough game to root for because my dad is much more a Lions fan, so he was kind of torn. He's a Lions fan and a Dolphins fan, so he wanted to see Green Bay lose to help Detroit, but I was rooting for Green Bay because it helped Miami. Agree or disagree, I think it's the best game we're going to see all year. Mm, disagree. Zero turnovers. Uh Success in the red zone for both teams. Uh, close game. And just exceptional play from each quarterback and its position players. I don't think we'll see football played at that level for the rest of the season, including the Super Bowl. Counterpoint. It's the NFL. Any given Sunday, I think there's a lot of close games. There's a lot of blowouts this year, too, but there's a lot of close games. Uh, just to look at your lock of the week, how often your lock of the week has been incorrect. I think the NFL is any given Sunday. Side note, I'm now two and three on that. That's that's great. Two that's and a great three record right there. That's a playoff winning record right there. As a gambler, <laughs> as a gambler, two and three, not too shabby, is it? Um, this is a good point, good good time, where you should probably have the gambler addiction uh, 1-800 number so you can let people know not to listen to your, your football advice this year. I'm 2-3. and three. You should probably listen to my football advice. And do I'm, opposite. And do, <laughs> in which case, you would be 3-2. and two. You would be 3-2 and two if you did the opposite. Uh, you would be on a losing streak. I've got two in a row. Um I've I've picked uh, successfully uh, the lock. Of the, no, actually, I'm wrong. I'm batting 500 now uh, because I will I will say, and I said it to my father so he can vouch for me. I, I let him know what my lock of the week was. Um, I picked the Cowboys to beat the Bears. That was my lock of the week. So I picked that last week, uh, almost as a nice you know fu to Scott for the very first lock of the week where he mocked me. For taking the Seahawks back when they were hot and they lost that. Scott saying that I, I picked an easy one there. I picked Green Bay to beat New England. That's two. And the week before that, I picked uh, whatever team beat the Redskins. So that's three. I'm three and three. That's the 49ers. Uh, I picked the 40, yes, the 49ers to beat the Redskins. So I'm three and three for uh, lock of the weeks. I'm batting 500. I'm hot. So basically go flip a coin and uh, you'll have the same... Normal distribution and chance of getting the same outcome. If you have a gambling problem, please seek help. It's the <laughs> least attractive of all devices. Uh, and yeah, don't take any advice we have here about gambling or sports. Um, yeah, do you know any, have you met any bookies? And just so your arms aren't broken and your children aren't kidnapped, you don't have to reveal any names or anything, but just a quick yes or no. Have you met any legitimate like 
you see in the movies, all-time bookies? Uh, no, and that's kind of surprising because if there was any vice that I probably have an addiction to, that would, gambling would be one back in my younger years. I gambled quite frequently, but mostly on cards. Cards and, and greyhound racing. So in all your times at the either horse or dog track, you never, you never met any bookies? You don't know any? I did not meet any official bookies. That's good. That's a good thing. Uh, I am surprised. I would have taken the yes on that. Not that you would have bet, but I would have thought in, um, in that culture that you would have at least stumbled across or bet or had interacted with uh, some type of bookie, but that's... That's, that's a positive, right? Yeah, that's a positive that you don't know any... I went to a dog track once with you. It was the only time I've ever been to any type of track, and it was... Um, how do I put this? It was a sad scene. Depressing? It was a, depressing. a lot, lot of depressing. We went like in the middle of the day. So that's that's when it's really depressing. And it's just people just was that in Jacksonville? It was it was had in, to be yeah had yeah. to be in Jacksonville. It was in Jacksonville. It was a lot of fun. We bet like we did like a dollar. What's the minimum? Yeah, we did. What's the minimum ticket? I don't know anything about betting. I usually do like a a minimum tickets like two dollars for like a Quinella or something like that. But yeah, we did that just so I had the experience and I got nothing right. Although dog racing. It's to me. It was very difficult to predict. It's basically. It's very difficult. Um, hey, here's my money, and boop, whatever happens, happens. Can you, if you're around the track enough, can you actually predict dog racing at all? Or is it still a crapshoot? No, you can definitely predict it uh, to some degree. Um, there are, if you, full disclosure, having worked in the greyhound industry in college uh, for a racing kennel and and the adoption kennel, uh, two points is uh, yes, you get to learn the dogs. They're just like athletes. Um, and the only thing with dogs is, you know, if they're not motivated to run, they're not going to run. Um, but yeah, you can definitely find the dogs and see who they're racing against and handicap it. Um, the other point is, you know, uh, they're just, you know, I, I'm kind of torn now having been a greyhound, uh, say owner, parent, you know, it makes it a little more difficult to watch once you become how learn how great of an animal they are. Um, but that's a whole other other topic we can get into. All right, so there you have it. Some uh, educational information on uh, dog racing. So yeah, I mean, it's like my my I'm, I'm quickly learning my advice to you in these uh, podcasts are going to be about cigars, alcohol, and gambling. That's probably not too great about my character, is it? A lot of vices there. Like if you had said uh, like hookers, if you added hookers and drugs to the end of that, I think that would be more. That would be bad, um, and that uh, is not a problem. I can tell you that. That's for sure. Um, although a fascinating world, hookers. It is. Uh, especially it's fast and loose, if you will. Uh, if you if you will, I've read uh, not to segue. So unfortunately, those people that were like, oh yeah, we're gonna listen to sports. <laughs> Got a big derailment there, but for those of you that don't like sports, hey, if you stuck through this segment, you're getting some other information. I read a really interesting uh, article in the Washington Post that talked about the difference between the drug uh, perception in the Netherlands versus the United States, and one of the reporters, I don't know why he was over there, but uh, they had taken a, a picture and tweeted it, and it's a sign. So the Netherlands is having a problem right now where... Uh, Cocaine is being sold to tourists, but it's being cut with heroin because heroin is cheaper for the drug dealers and tourists are stupid, so they don't know better. Don't. So they'll just sell this very cheap product, make a lot of money by saying it's uh, you know, good 
Netherlandian coke, and people are dying because when you snort that much heroin, you die. So they've had a few Americans and Westerners uh, die. So they have these signs all over the city that say, caution, there's heroin and some of the crack. Do not buy it. If you feel you've overdosed, go to the hospital. You will not be arrested. And the, the point was you would never see that sign in America. Be like, oh, if you've overdosed or OD'd on drugs or you know somebody, go seek help. You will not be punished. And it talked about the culture in America uh, we're almost double our drug use, even though in the Netherlands it's predominantly legal, uh, especially in small amounts, even things like cocaine. If you have a small amount of cocaine, it is legal there. And the reason I segued into that is because we said hookers and that uh, that thought about you know the red light district. And there's something to be said about when you tell a society you can't have these things, it makes it more enticing but also creates – a criminal syndicate built around getting people the thing they want. So, you know, pimps and drug dealers and, um, you know, crime. So that's something to think about uh, here. You want to comment on that or get back to football? I'll just say, you know, I, I don't... You live by the sword, you die by the sword. You play with fire, you get burned. You know, all those stupid uh, cliche comments. I mean, I don't feel bad for people that they think they're going to get a an illegal product and it doesn't turn out to be what they they thought it was going to be shocker wow you know don't do drugs boom no problem go see the history of the freaking place go wear some orange isn't that like netherlands is all orange correct yeah so i mean i don't i don't feel bad for them it is interesting though i mean you know drugs in general are interesting in the way we handle them in the united states and the amount of people in prison for it and doesn't seem like a great place to rehabilitate someone Absolutely. That's uh, the prison point. That's a very good point. So you want to get back on football? You think that's sure. fair? Uh, so we're going to change it up. This, I'm still going to go over, even though we've recorded this, most of the games have been played. I still want to, for uh, prosperity's sake, record what the picks would have been. So I'm going to okay. say the two teams, and then we'll both have Scott and I pick, okay. I think, honestly, what we would have picked. I and then I can, I can give you the scores. Um, everybody except the Patriots at Chargers and Falcons at Packers have played at this time just to get a sense of one we're recording here. So again, the Thursday night game, I already said it, that was my lock of the week. I did pick the Cowboys over Bears. So for you, Scott, Cowboys at Bears. I had Cowboys. There we go. We're uh, good picks there. And then the 1 o'clock game starting with Steelers at Bengals. I had Steelers. I had the Bengals, unfortunately. The final score was that 42 to 21 Steelers. So I'm two and two, or excuse me, two of two, and Scott is one on one. Uh, that's the last time I'll keep that track record for the rest of this. Let's fly through it. Rams at Redskins. I went Rams. I went Rams, and the Skins put up a goose egg. Are you serious? They did, and while we were watching the Dolphins game, I got an update that said uh, uh, that Colt McCoy had to get out of the game for a little bit, so RG3. And I don't know if he finished. I will stop at this point. And I, again, while we were watching football, and maybe we should record a podcast while we're actually watching the Dolphins game. Okay. But um, you had brought up a point of seeing RG3. You, I think your exact comment, and you can, do you want to say the comment or do you want me to paraphrase what you said? And, 
that you have never seen someone in so many commercials who has achieved so little. Yeah. Is that fair? That, yeah, that... and then I just followed it up with uh, who was the boss back in the day who had such made such a character of himself. Yes, that was another fun. another guy, you know. But maybe he was very uh, dramatic and you know very uh, flashy. Where I don't think RG three is definitely flashy, but I don't think he's done shit to have all these commercials or all these advertisements. In the boss's defense, he probably was one of the greatest collegiate linebackers to ever play the game. He made shit in the NFL. Correct. And his NFL career pooped out, uh, possibly because of the steroids. And I will support uh, 30 for 30 if you like sports documentaries. Great series. They just did uh, uh, 30 at 30 for the boss. Are you aware of this? Did you see yes, it? Yes, I haven't seen it, but I'm aware of it. Brian and the boss. It's a really good one uh, for all our listeners. Check that out. 30 for 30 must have made a deal with Netflix because Netflix is literally putting the 30 for 30s this go around the next day they're on Netflix. So I'm assuming uh, there's some kind of deal. And the old 30 for 30 series, for the most part, is on Netflix. You can you can see those um, as well. Watch the Bo Jackson one. The Bo Jackson one, I, I learned so much about him. He's an amazing man, you know, and what he's doing now after football, but just a beast. I don't think anybody would... Just natural talent and strength. You know, the way he injured himself and injured his hip. And they were saying, like, no other player could have done that because he was so strong. So, just interesting. Bonos. That's right. Uh, so, let's see. Back to our picks. Oh, so, no, no. Let me comment on RG3. We finished commenting on that. I completely agree. I, I found out the other day that RG3, upon being drafted, he had trademarked the following combinations. The letter R, the letter G, I, 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 Roman numeral three, R, G, and then the number three, and then R, G, T, H, R, E, E. So, like, literally any way that you can say Robert Griffin III, he had, he's owned and trademarked that. Um, but, yes, very much I, I think that is perfect, and that's why I brought it up, Scott's comment of so, uh, no player in the modern era has probably been in so many commercials and achieved so little. Um, and, I, and I've talked about this, and I talked about it on the last podcast. It's even more uh, comparable because in that quarterback class, and I'm willing to claim that that quarterback class is comparable to the 1983 draft. Ooh, and in the, that quarterback draft, you had Andrew Luck going one, RG3 going two. Ryan Tannehill, I think, was the ninth pick by the Dolphins. You had Russell Wilson in the second round, and you had Colin Kaepernick, which currently all five of those quarterbacks – are starting for their team. Um, of them, RG3 is washed out. I would say he's the first one, uh, mainly because of his knee. Um, Colin Kaepernick I would probably is going to be the second of those quarterbacks to have his career dwindle or come to an end uh, because he's not progressing. And then it's going to be between Ryan Tannehill uh, and Andrew Luck and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson already winning a Super Bowl, clearly entrenched as a starter, and the Seahawks, and then Andrew Luck, becoming one, like Peyton Manning 2.0 in the sense that he's becoming one of the better regular season quarterbacks. He just really hasn't had a team around him the last three years to carry him on in the playoffs. I think Andrew Luck will find great success in this league. I think Russell Wilson will stick around for a while. And, of course, this is biased, but I do think Ryan Tannehill has a lot of potential to at least stick around. Stick um, around. And so comparable, and this is off the top of my head. Uh, let's see if Scott can add the quarterback class of 1983 is going to be, uh, you got John Elway, and then of course you have Dan Marino drafted very late. You have Ken O'Brien, who went to the Jets. You have Todd Blackledge, who was of Penn State. That's one I've Lure, never... 
and went to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And then who, can you add anybody else in that draft? I know there's um, – Jim Kelly was the other one, wasn't he? Uh, yes, yeah, Jim Kelly was the other one. Uh, so those would have been the big five, right? So I have, yeah. let's compare five and five. Of that, you obviously have a Hall of Famer and Dan Marino. You have a Hall of Famer in um, Denver. Um, Elway. Elway. Uh, Ken O'Brien, although not a Hall of Famer, actually has a winning record against – Dan Marino, yep. uh, so that's interesting to know. And he, I mean, just a product of the team he was with at the Jets at the time. Jim Kelly, Jim Kelly's in the Hall of Fame, right? He has to be. How do you take a, a team, team four to the, time? Yeah. Um, that was another good conversation we had today, not to digress, but, you know, the, the whole Buffalo Bills and, uh, you know, uh, how do you, would you rather be a Buffalo Bills fan from the, the early 90s or a, a current Dolphin fan? I mean, that was, it tears you up either way, no matter how you, I, I would rather be a Miami Dolphin fan, honestly, in that question. So the, the gist of that question would be, would you rather have your team go to the pinnacle, go to the Super Bowl, four years straight, never win it, or would you rather have a team that for the last 15 years has just gone to the playoffs twice or once? We went in 08 when we won the, a- we won the AFC. Squeaked in and won the AFC East. Yep. And then uh, Is that may be it. Yeah. Man, so it's been a dry spell. That's, uh... But anyways, if I could compare them, I think Blackledge would be RG3. Ken O'Brien would be Kaepernick. Let me pause you there and as a proud Penn Stater say that the comparison is uh, not that Blackledge was making a name for himself doing commercials. No. And it's that who's washing out first yes. is going to be your comparison yes. um, of that. Yeah, so and then that's tough. To, see, I think the 83 classes hands down better. At this point... You, because there's three Hall of Famers? Exactly. Is that what you're saying? You can't... It's... it's Apples and pears, I'll say, not apples and oranges. I mean, th- there's a lot of guys in this the class you're talking about, the uh, RG3 class, uh, that have potential to be Hall of Famers one day. But it's I, and just to be clear, I wasn't saying it's equal to. I was just comparing it it's definitely, to a draft class that's quarterback heavy that has five rookies mm-hmm. that all started at the same time, and their legacy will be defined that's you know, based, based as they grow. You can compare them. Where, like, other years you really can't compare that many starting quarterbacks together. They all came in together, they're all starting together, and then you get to watch as their their careers progress. Um, so do you say, hands down, Andrew Luck is the best of that class? Uh, what do you think? Since like, if, if they were all available in a draft and I'm a GM for a team, would I take Andrew Luck still number one? Now? Yeah. That's yes. Even though that Wilson has won a Super Bowl? Yes. I would agree with that. I think he's going to be the long-term. If, if, if your team is not a run-and-gun um, West Coast offense like Kaepernick is used to and, and Wilson's used to, I think Luck is the best field commander, if you will, the best possibility, like a Peyton Manning controlling the, the tempo of the game. I would draft Ryan Tannehill's wife, <laughs> but I would draft Andrew Luck as my quarterback. That's uh, Well said. That's, that's what I'm going with. But RG3, come on. Get the guy out of the commercials. You know, he's not hes not making me go to Subway and buy a Subway sandwich. You know, it would be more impressive if he could actually win a game from time to time and stay healthy. That is true. And I will say, best of luck to him. I hope, of the three, that rookie season, RG3, was the most fun to watch. He was explosive. He was dynamic. He was fast. hes He was literally a three-dimensional player. He could pass the ball. He could run the ball. And he could command a team. And that's really what you're looking for in a quarterback. Unfortunately, um, that that uh, ACL gave out on him, and I don't think 
he ever came back from it. And unfortunately, you do hear rumors that RG3 is not, he, he's not putting in the work as a quarterback. Was in the weight room a little too much and not in the film room. Uh, but who knows? Uh, he's, he's charming. He's personable. He's got a great backstory. Um, I, I hope for that, you know, he could have a career somewhere and that he finds some success. Uh, you just got to worry about a man's knees when he's already had two injuries like that. And then uh, to see his ankle go down, it's, it's hard to, to watch. So I'll ask this, scandal-free, pretty good reputation. I mean, it's, it's spurred a little bit because obviously he had a spat with now two coaches. But if you're a GM and you're hurting for a quarterback, do you sign RG3? I, I think I would take him as a solid backup, but he's not going to be my starter. If I have, if I have someone like Matt Moore, who I know is going to be healthy, like that's, I think that is the greatest thing Miami has in their favor. They have a solid backup who's been there and can play the game. Like how many years did Bernie Kosar back up Marino? I would take an RG three to hold a clipboard and maybe get you know three or four games out of the season, have a good quarterback controversy, and a different team. I I think it's time for him to move on to another another team. I would agree with all of that. So back on track to our picks. Giants at Titans. I picked Titans. I picked the Titans as well, and that was clearly wrong. After the Giants come off their loss to Jacksonville, I was not giving them much credit, and uh, that was wrong. Giants winning that game 36-7, to and even though they get a win, bringing them to four wins for the season, this is their first win since they beat the Redskins. I think Tom Coughlin's going to be out of a job this year. Do you think he's still in New York next year? No, he's gone. Hall of Fame coach? He brings an expansion team, Jacksonville, into the playoffs. And I remember this only because I was a Dolphins fan. He beats the Miami Dolphins in Dan Marino's last game ever, 63-7. to Embarrassingly. Embarrassing. And then leads the Giants to two improbable Super Bowl wins. So he's got two wins as a, a coach, and the, his success with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Is Tom Coughlin a Hall of Fame coach, yes or no? It's tough. Um, I don't know that. Full disclosure: I don't know. When I think of Hall of Fame coaches, I think of Shoeless. I think of uh, you know uh, Chuck Knoll. I'll never forget Chuck Knoll. Um, but uh, I just I, I don't know. I don't know if he was he the reason he brought those teams to the Super Bowl. I don't know. It's the same thing. Like uh, uh, what's his name? Gruden. Hey, you know, Gruden, he inherited a team that Tony Dungy built, you know? I mean, I don't think – so my answer is no. I don't I – don't, there's, not, there's not enough to overturn the evidence. I think he's – I think, no, he's not a Hall of Fame head coach at All this right. time. We'll see in seven years when he's eligible because we both agree he's going to be out of a coaching job yeah. this year. Good point on Gruden. I think Gruden is one of the most overrated coaches. Great analysis. He obviously loves the game. He knows a lot about it. And I think one of the reasons he does not get back into coaching – is because all he has is his reputation to lose. Because if he gets back in, what's he going to do? He has to win. Yeah. He had some success in uh, the Raiders, did take them to a Super Bowl, had uh, good talent around him, bailed out of the Raiders, went to Tampa Bay, had a wonderful situation where he took after Tony Dungy and all the work he had done. And then I think people are quick to forget that he was with Tampa Bay three, three years after that. The last two years were losing seasons. 
Um, so, I mean, that's the legacy of now I don't know and I can't speak to if John Gruden uh, had power to draft or if he had a strong GM that was taking that from him. But I think people forget John Gruden was fired for a reason and then quickly built this reputation as, as uh, a football guru, which he probably – I mean, he clearly you can see that he knows a lot about the game. I will also say this. John Gruden is doing a phenomenal job at becoming the John Madden yeah. of this generation. <laughs> Watching, he's on Monday night, right? Yes. Watching Monday night games and listening to John Gruden is getting to the point where he is just saying the obvious, and, and they're not using his talent. Or the the other thing that I like, and I was was it with you? I think it was last week with you. I'm watching this game. Yeah, because the, the Dolphins were no. I was watching it with my father. The Dolphins were playing on Monday night. John Gruden, he's he there. The Jets are lining up, and he said the Jets are clearly gonna run a sweep to the right. <laughs> The Jets run, they run a power left, and then afterwards, John Gruden's like, I don't, I don't know why they did that, that you could clearly see the A-gap was going to be, you know, you got it wrong, you just, you called it wrong, and so that, those are the two things you see with John Gruden, he either completely just picks wrong what he thinks the play is going to be, or then says like pretty obvious things. And when I listen to him, all I can think in the back of my head is like, that's a great video game voice. That's right. Like right there. He's definitely going to get a contract to be what John Madden was. And I will also say that as a young boy, I appreciated John Madden because when you're first getting into the game of football, it helps to have somebody just explain the game at such dumb, dumb terms. Pointing out the obvious. Yeah. Pointing out the obvious. But like, if you catch the ball, you can move it forward. Thank you. I, I, you could watch football without a father and learn the game because John Madden would just say the most obvious things. And I think as adults, we kind of forget that everybody needed a little John Madden as they were trying to learn a pretty complex game that is football. Just remember the two things. The team that scores the most points is going to win. Yep. And football is about penetration and ball control. The most inappropriate comments also came out of John Madden's mouth. Anyways, I think we've got, like, what, nine more games to go through here, so maybe we should get back in chat. All right, here we go. Back in our picks. Uh, where are we at? Panthers at Saints. I would have picked the Saints. They're in the worst division in football, the NFC South. Five and seven is leading that division. I thought the Saints would get a win against a Carolina team that's struggling and then pull ahead in that division. They got a loss. Who was your pick in that game? I picked the Saints. Not only did I pick the Saints, I picked up the Saints defense on, on the waiver wire, thinking... Ooh. Carolina was going to be so bad. <laughs> Carolina won that game 41-10. to 10, So whatever coaching they did last week, uh, it worked. Jets at Vikings. I picked the Vikings. I picked the Jets. And the, the Jets uh, at a time there looked like they were going to pull out that game. Um, Ravens at Dolphins. I picked the Dolphins. I picked the Dolphins, regrettably. The Dolphins lost that game. Um, 28-13. to 13. I, that that touchdown to end the first half. We'll talk about the Dolphins, but I, we'll, we'll t let's finish this because we keep having too many segues. Colts at Browns. I picked the Colts. Colts. They s nearly squeaked by against Cleveland, 25-24. Uh, Buccaneers at Lions. I picked the Lions. I picked the Lions as well. Uh, Lions 34, Buccaneers 17. Uh, Jaguars hosting the Texans. I picked the Texans. Uh, Texans, and to your point earlier, never pick the Jaguars. There's no point to pick the Jaguars. Even if they're in London. 27-13 Texans. Uh, Bills at Broncos. I picked the Broncos. Broncos. 
uh, Broncos 24, Bills 17. Uh, Chiefs at Cardinals. I, I picked the Chiefs. I picked the Cardinals. Anybody that was going to win that favored Miami, I picked them. And that game did favor Miami as the Cardinals win 17-14. Uh, Seahawks at Eagles. I picked the Eagles as my upset of the week. And, uh, you know, said if they're going to make a claim to be a top-tier NFC team, they had to win against the, uh, the, the Seahawks after they got embarrassed by Green Bay uh, two weeks ago. I picked the Eagles, and it was wrong. 49ers at Raiders. I picked the 49ers. 49ers. And I, uh, wait, what? Sorry, 49ers. I also picked 49ers. Uh, after, as we mentioned earlier about Jim Harbaugh, I thought there was a big game, and I thought they would go across the bay there and, and win. They did not, 24-13. Shocker. I would never have guessed that at all. I mean, the Raiders are in, pretty much in the same boat as the Jaguars. Not as bad, but... Do you know who's coaching the Raiders right now? Tony Sperano. Wearing his sunglasses at night. Tony Sperano. Wearing his muumuu. Muumuu and sunglasses. Boy, have the coach, have the Dolphins had a carousel. Uh, coaches come through there since Don Shula retired, and then we had old Jimmy Johnson mm. try to come down to Miami, wear some screen. We're gonna promotion. run the ball. We're gonna run the ball. And um, I did. It, it did do me good as a Dolphin fan to hear Jimmy Johnson say that he should have used Marino differently. Oh, shocker! Um, yeah, one of the best quarterbacks of all time after football. after he retired, and uh, he did agree that he should have stuck around for one more year. Uh, because Dave wants that, that fucking mustached, horn-looking son of a bitch. When he got hired to coach the Dolphins, the first thing he said was he was going to bench Danny Boy. Uh, that Danny Boy was too old. And so Dan uh, looked at an offer from Minnesota and decided that instead of starting over in another place, that he would hang up his cleats and retire. And I think that uh, the Dolphins would have had some success because um, they had a running back. That year, once that's first year, if I remember, was that Ricky? Uh, run, Ricky, run mm-hmm. was that year, and that's pre pre weed, and a lot of a lot of running. He had a great year that first year, and if only Marino had been there. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Speaking of which, uh, 1994, the Miami Dolphins lose a playoff game to the Steelers, in which a Steeler receiver steps out of bounds, but there's no replay. The Dolphins lose that game. The Steelers go on next week to beat the San Diego Chargers, with the Dolphins had handily beat during the regular season, and the Steelers then lose the Super Bowl to the 49ers. However, the fucking Dolphins should have won that game because he stepped out of bounds. Dan Marino could have had another shot at the Super Bowl. It would have been against the 49ers. It would have been a classic rematch. And, uh, you know, Danny, how does he not go back to another Super Bowl? How? How does Dan Marino not go back to another Super Bowl? Right, are we just going to turn this into a Miami Dolphins uh, love fest and Dan Marino? Because we could do that. We could probably talk about four hours of Dolphins football if we wanted to. I, I think if we talk about Dolphins football, it would not be a love fest, but just like be... a, 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 a hate, a, like love, anger, hate. Yeah. That kind of... That yeah, even like Dave Wanstead, like, you know... I have a I have a big problem. Like I just I fall in love with their they're trying to do the best for them. Like Dave wants that in the years of the the three and thirteen seasons and shit like that. You know I still think he was trying the best. Like the only guy I have no respect for is is uh, Nick Saban when it comes to Dolphin history, recent history. You know it's just don't tell me you're going to be there and then leave in the middle of the night. I understand. Hey, you gotta gotta go for the coin and go where you think you can. Uh, do the best, but just be honest. 
Be honest with your fans. Be honest and um, don't have an influence on the draft class. Yeah. Because he left us stranded right before the draft, and all the notes that they had, all the players they have scouted, were Nick Saban choices for how he was going to lead the Dolphins. So, I hate Nick Saban. I, I hate Nick Saban. Who's going to finish that list? What do we got? We're down to the... Uh... The 8.30 game, which is going on right now. Uh, we can't really comment a lot on that. I will tell you my pick, though. I'm, I'm a San Diego guy, because it helps Miami. Oh, yeah. And I, I will never pick the fucking New England Patriots. I'm, I'm picking the New England Patriots, too. That's sacrilegious. I'm a, I'm a host of a legitimate and uh, well-reputated podcast, <laughs> so I have to legitimately pick, uh, you know, the there's gamblers listening to this. <laughs> So new, I I pick New England. Um, some although yes, we do need we do need New England to lose this game. Although I maybe it's actually, good for the Dolphins. No, actually, it might be better to have Patriots win. Um, because San Diego is a wild card. And Miami beat San Diego. Uh, so Scott, this is the point of the year, ladies and gentlemen, when Scott starts conceding defeats as a Dolphin fan. Mm-hmm. So a week ago, Scott would have been like, "Hey, we could win the AFC East. Uh, we could do sad. this." That that was mentioned, but I was I was figuring out how we could win the AFC East, and then uh, the Ravens came to town, and now we're just trying to squeak into the playoffs. So yeah, does that change your pick now? Do you still want to? Do you still want the Chargers, or do you want New England? Here, this is, and I think Scott said this earlier. This is the scenario: New England loses the game, okay, and then Miami goes to New England, beats them, and they, now they need another win uh, because they lost this week. And they'll then beat, at the end of the season, the Jets beat the Dolphins. They'll beat Minnesota, and then they'll lose to the Jets like they always do and end up just missing the wild card. Dolphin the life, season. The life of a Dolphin fan. Yeah. There it is. Are you good on sports? Do you want to talk more? I mean, we really hit football. You want to say sports? Uh, I mean, is there? I will say the announcement for the NCAA uh, playoff that was announced today. You're going to have number two, Oregon, play number three, Florida State, at 5 o'clock in the Rose Bowl. And then at 8 o'clock that night, you're going to have number one, Alabama, play number four, Ohio State. That's going to be our first ever college playoff championship. So there's there's that. If you're a TCU or Baylor fan, you or a fan of the fucked. Big 12, you just got fucked. I don't. And this is. I don't know much about college football. We had this discussion earlier. The reason I can't get into college football, other than the fact that the college I went to didn't even have a football team, but how does a team who was ranked third and win their game end up the sixth seed, the sixth place team? However, the you know whatever the the poll is, it doesn't make sense to me. Then you need to you need to have more than four teams going. You know because that's they got they got the short end of the stick. It's complete bullshit. Not only was TCU going into this weekend ranked as third, but TCU was ranked for a majority of the year when these rankings were revealed. So you have TCU, and they, they lost early to Baylor. The committee puts them ahead of Baylor to begin with. So all year long, TCU's above Baylor. Baylor's on the outside looking in. TCU's on the inside, you know, uh, of this track. So the committee has said that even though they lost to Baylor, that one loss is a good, it was a top-tier loss, it was at Baylor, it was by three. TCU's had a, had a, a good showing uh, out there in the Big 12. And then, to, just you know, to add on to what Scott said here, 
They go into the final stretch. They win their game. So the committee all year has been saying, TCU, we like them. We like their schedule. We're okay with the one loss to Baylor. We don't. And the committee had a strong comment why how they ranked Ohio State pretty low when it first started, that they were saying that, hey, Ohio State, that one loss you had to uh, Virginia Tech, okay, that one loss you had to Virginia Tech is a pretty bad loss. So we're going to put you, I think they were, they broke into the top 10, but they were pretty near the bottom when the list first came out. And are, are you saying that your opinion changes on the loss? Because it's not like Virginia Tech went out and blew anybody away that you would have said, oh, that loss is okay, or it's a better loss. What you're saying is you saw the games last night with the rest of the country, and you saw that Ohio State beat the shit out of Wisconsin 56-0, to and you're like, clearly, we've got to put Ohio State in there. Clearly, we can't go on to a national championship and not have a Big Ten team. Yet, all season long, everybody's been saying how horrible the Big Ten is. They are. I'm a Penn State alum. I have season tickets. I've seen the Big Ten. The Big Ten is not a national power this year. And then... The committee just folds at the very end. TCU Baylor got fucked. They really did. There's no other way to. I mean, you, yeah, yeah. There are other ways you could say this without cursing, blah blah. blah but sure, that, that's that's what happened. Sure. Uh, I feel really bad. Well, I feel really bad for TCU. Um, and the and the Big Twelve is going to create a stink, hopefully, over this. Uh, and the conversation is quickly going to become: Is four teams enough, uh, no. or do we go to eight? Um, and I've heard some arguments, you know, you hear the ESPN pundits say, oh, if we go to 8, then where, where does it stop? Then we go to 12, and then we... I think 8 is a number everyone is okay with. The, it, it, go to 6. It works for the NFL. I know it's not the same, but, you know, I mean, 6 is a nice number. What's wrong? 4 is... If you go to 6, uh, yeah, so it's 3. You're not, uh, yeah, yeah, it's... It's 4 divisions and 2 wild cards. Well, then, no, it's then, 12. Yeah, yeah. It, when you get down to it, for the NFL. Yeah, so... It, they six would not work. You would need a yeah. So whatever it is, but four is a very tight number. I think it came down to ratings. It had to have come down to ratings. That's a good point. I mean, do you really think that there's as many uh, TCU uh, fan alum out there? Texas Christian or Ohio State? Come on, Ohio State. Absolutely, it's the big money maker. So this is, your, this is yep. your first playoff, right? Yep. This your first college football playoff. Yep. Of course, you're going to put Ohio State in there. You got what was it? Alabama, Oregon, Florida State, mm-hmm. and Ohio State. Come on, those are the teams that have huge followings. Yep. So I, I just or think you could have had a Texas Christian. You'd have had TCU, and so that's an absolutely good point. That would have been uh, that would have been the odd team in there. Talking about national powers and selling apparel, and uh, you know, but yeah, I. I and, and now it's it put, puts me in a tough situation as a Big Ten alum. Uh, you know, you, you big the Big Ten has a horrible record in big time games like this against the SEC, and uh, you know Ohio State has represented the Big Ten a lot in the past fifteen years, and they usually end up losing uh, to either ACC teams, uh, Q and Miami here, or um, you know USC, and and the Big Ten just it weakens their reputation. So it's almost like I'm forced to root for Ohio State so the Big Ten uh, stops becoming a, a laughing stock here. But, um, you know, it's a, it's going to be tough. It's in the Alabama SEC power versus Ohio State and the Big Ten. I, I think Alabama wins that game handedly. Uh, they've got a better defense. Um, and and that, that game, talk about two collegiate teams I hate. Yep. Nick Saban and the Saban. Alabama Roll Tide or Urban Meyer 
and the Ohio State Buckeye. Can oh they, my goodness! Can they, both, can they both lose? Because that would be awesome if they could. Yep. And then the third team, <laughs> the third team, Florida State's up there. So unless Oregon wins out, I the the national champion this year is uh, going to be a shitty team. Yeah, you got the uh, the crab leg stealer from Publix on the Florida State team, uh, amongst other things. I mean, he he was guilty of that, so you can't accuse him rightfully of that. He yeah. is he is a crab leg stealer. Everything else would be alleged. From Publix. Everybody loves Publix. Can we get them to sponsor you? Publix? Publix? Yeah. There's no local Publix around here. I know. But, you know, this is uh, the modern age, you know. You're going to go out into their uh, their market base. Anyways, you know, I, I, I it's not as not a big college football fan. I just, I feel bad for TCU. I think they've, like I said, they've, they've been shafted. No other way to say it. They've been screwed. And there you have it.